Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Stacks of Cash podcast. We have a full studio, aka my office is full this morning. Uh, we have Jay Cohen, and we have our dear friend Devin Phillips from Wiener Nathan and Phillips here to discuss a very important topic that we feel, uh, and we've seen a lot, Jay. I mean, if we look to the last few months, we've spent a lot of times, uh, a lot of time talking to some of our clients who've sold businesses. We've talked to some clients that are trying to buy businesses, but you know, in the bigger backdrop of things, what's happening in the economy, you're seeing a lot of these larger companies lay people off. And when people get laid off, that poses an opportunity for somebody to start a new business. And so what we want to do is talk to you about you know, the differences between LLCs, corporations. If you're thinking about starting a business or even a side business, what are the things you need to be thinking about in order to you know, reach your goals and meet your objectives. So Devin, good morning, my friend. We got you here because you know what you're talking about much more than Jay and I. Good morning, David. Jay, thank you guys so much for having me back. Uh, as David said, my name is Devin Phillips, partner at the law firm Wiener Nathan Phillips. And a big part of my practice is working with entrepreneurs and people that start up uh, a new company, whatever the situation is, David mentioned opportunities after layoff but you know and whatever your situation is self from a liability standpoint and what I recommend to my clients that come to me that are starting a business is you should incorporate in some form now we're going to talk about LLCs we're going to talk about corporations we're going to talk about partnerships so I want to make sure that everybody understands that every situation is unique Every business is unique. So this is very informational. This information we're giving out right now, it's uh, for general information. If you are starting a business and you are making these decisions, it's my recommendation that you speak with a lawyer that can talk about your specific issues, what your business is, and recommend the right corporate structure. And I might also add, Devin, because you're talking strictly from a legal perspective and a risk perspective, risk management perspective, you may also want to include a CPA to evaluate the tax aspects of that as well, making those decisions? Absolutely. I like to tell people that I know enough about taxes and tax law to be dangerous, but I always tell <laughs> my clients to speak with a CPA, and I try to keep some great CPAs in my in my pocket that I can call and rely on and refer to my clients and there are tons of tax strategies and benefits that you can uh, take advantage of by incorporating as well. You know one thing I think about when when I think about it, someone's trying to form a new business and some of the biggest businesses that we have in our economy today came about as a result of periods of time where there were these really big mass layoffs. 08 created a tremendous amount of entrepreneurs. It always seems to to be that nudge that for many people that are thinking about going on their own to actually get off their rear end and go do something, right? And so, um, you know, as, 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 as we're thinking about uh, the, the strategies that need to be employed there, uh, what do you recommend is the, the best way to go about getting started? I mean, what, what does someone need to do? What are the things that they need to think about in making these decisions? What are the most critical components? 
Sure. And assuming that they've thought through their business model, what they're going to sell, what their services are, what their goods are, once they get through the general idea of what their business is, the next step is to make sure that what you do as a business is protected and is limited as far as liability goes to the assets of this company. So what I mean by that is I could go out today and start a company in my name, Devin Phillips. I could sell widgets, I could sell services, and I could do it in my name, make money, have no issues with uh, liability. However, in the event that, let's say I grow and I scale, and as you grow and scale, the more you interface with customers and clients and other entities, the more contracts you enter, the there's a heightened risk of liability as you scale just from the sheer aspect that you're doing more business with more people and there are litigious people out there. So <laughs> yes, there are when you know, you're doing things in your personal name, let's say I get a lawsuit for a breach of contract, whether it's legitimate or not, I'm going to have to deal with that lawsuit. And let's say the end result is I messed up. I have some liability in my personal name. Well, that person that has a judgment against me can attach that judgment to my house, to my car, to my personal bank accounts, to my retirement accounts, anything that's in my name individually. So the number one thing that I recommend to a client is to incorporate for that sole purpose because if you start an LLC or a corporation, you are protecting the business assets or limiting the liability and what people can collect from that liability to the assets in the business. So let me, let me ask you a question on that because a lot of people may start a business, maybe a side business, who knows? And you know the easiest thing to do is to be a sole proprietor. Um, and they're just maybe trying to prove a concept like, hey, let me try to sell these goods or this service to see if there's really a market out there for, for, those, for those products. Is there a point in time where you would say, hey, you know, now that you have some sales under your belt, let's move over to a limited liability uh, company? Or, or would you say, hey, do it from the get-go, even if you haven't proved out your concept yet? Well, as a lawyer, I'm always thinking about oh, there we go. the worst case yes. worst case scenario. So you could be, as you say, uh, you know, feeling things out. Yeah, proof of concept. Proof of concept. And that first contract you enter, you enter with a real you know what. Yes. And <clears throat> they don't like what they what you're doing. They don't like the services you provided. They think there's an issue with the goods and they file suit. You haven't created the LLC your assets are protected. So the way I talk to this, talk about this with my clients that come to me to start a business is spend a little bit of money now, invest in the legal services of creating this entity because that is a low dollar legal value. It's probably the least amount of money you're going to spend at a legal office is getting your corporation set up or your mm -hmm. LLC set up. Um, and that investment will protect you against spending a lot more money if you get into a litigate into litigation and you're pay paying hourly rates for uh, a fight. So, Devin, um, for the audience listening, tell us just briefly what's involved and 
give us a range. What, what, what would I be looking at from an investment standpoint? So the first thing we want to do is you got to come up, obviously, with a name for your business. And that's very client intensive. That's their decision. And you need to register that business with the Secretary of State. We're in Georgia, so we'll talk about Georgia. Sure, yeah. you, need to re- you need to register it with the uh, Georgia Secretary of State. And what you file with the Georgia Secretary of State is your articles of organization, if it's an LLC, or your articles of incorporation, if, if it's a corporation. This is a document that, sh- that proves your entity exists. It's filed with the records. Uh, some other things you need to think about when you're starting a business is the Georgia Secretary of State records are public. So I generally advise entrepreneurs that might be starting their business from their garage to potentially invest in a virtual office or another address that you can use to for the purposes of the Secretary of State. That's gotcha. you know one less thing that's out there about your individual assets that are uh, in pu- uh, you know public record. Your home being a big one. Right. Um, you also will need to select what's called a registered agent. You can serve as your own registered agent, but again, you're putting your your own personal name out there, your own personal address out there. What I do for my clients, and I don't charge for this, I serve as registered agent for my clients. So I can see if a demand letter comes in. I can see if a tax uh, tax letter comes in and forward it to the client. There's no way they miss anything because everything comes through us as the registered agent. So we talked about filing your corporate records, your articles. Mm-hmm registering your principal office, which I suggest to either have an office or if you're working out of your home to at least explore the idea of a virtual office. The cost is not crazy. Okay. And third, you want to have a registered agent for your business. So that is all done on the Secretary of State. Now, most clients could potentially do all of this work on their own, but I've seen people make mistakes like putting their personal information on mm-hmm. the secretary of state. And I generally just say, let us handle it. And you know, this is not work that needs to be, it needs to be overseen by a lawyer, but most of this work can be done by a paralegal or a legal assistant, which will keep your costs down. So next, what I recommend to my clients are from a practical standpoint, set up an operating account. Now that your business is created, you want to set up an operating account for your business. Before you go to the operating account, let me just ask one question because you didn't mention this. EIN, the uh, the employer identification number, who's going to handle that? So we handle that. My paralegal will handle that. Okay. Now, a CPA can also handle that. Once the entity is created, you file uh, a form with the IRS requesting an employer identification number or an EIN. Uh, tax ID. And, and sure. you're, you're going to need that when you go to a bank to, to set up an account. You're going to need your articles of incorporation. You're going to need your EIN. And then you can get your bank account set up and funded. That's correct. You say in that When you say your bank account, it's the company's bank account you're yes. setting up. And it's a separate tax ID for the company. Now, a lot of people ask me, do I have to file two tax returns now? The answer is no. For an LLC, especially for a single-member LLC or an LLC with just a few members, you're going to, and again, let me make sure I reference that I am not a CPA, (laughs) and this is not tax advice, but 
from a practical standpoint, LLCs are treated by the IRS as a disregarded entity. So the tax will pass through to the individuals that own the LLC. I did not know that. I do want to come back and make... What's that? The we have an LLC, so do we have to file another tax return? Uh, that is a very good question. Yeah. We're going to have to ask Jeff. I don't know the answer to that yet, yeah. but uh, I, I bet you he says, yeah, we yeah. probably will. But, you know, I, I, I think the thing that's important here is, is that you've got to go through these steps, and you've got to be methodical about these steps, and you can't, you can't take shortcuts on this. It's very, very, very important. I will mention one thing. When I first set up my original entity, I had a lawyer friend who sent me some just sort of generic documents that I then completed, and and I, I made the mistake that you're referencing, where I, my name's on there, my home address is on there, and you start getting stuff sent there. And as we've evolved, your firm who represents us, you guys are our registered agent, so it does add for that extra protection where, you know, people don't know how to get directly in touch with me. And what's interesting was when I've looked at properties and things like that. It's amazing how many people out there have their name and their home address. And what you can find online is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. And and let me go a little further with that. You know, you're setting up this LLC, and we're talking about LLCs here because that's generally what I'm referring or uh, referring clients to set up uh, because it's a good option for a small company, a closely held company with just a few members. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about the difference between that and a corporation. But yeah. to keep following what you're talking about, having your personal information on the Internet on Georgia Secretary of State doesn't subject you to liability. But the first thing that I do, if a client hires me to file a lawsuit against someone else, I'm going to go see who owns this company. Do they have things properly set up? Because if not you could be subject to personal liability and at the very least you could be named in the lawsuit if you've got a really aggressive plaintiff's lawyer and you got to spend the money and the time to file a motion to dismiss to get you out individually so that's a very good point that's a very good point and the next point i'll say from a liability standpoint is in georgia there is an opportunity for a plaintiff's lawyer to pierce the corporate veil and this is a complex legal theory, but basically what it means is I have an LLC, Jay's suing me, and Jay says, I think that LLC is a sham. I think it's just Devin doing the work as a sole proprietor. I bet he commingles his assets. I bet he doesn't have separate accounts. I bet he doesn't even have an operating agreement. So I'm going to name both Uh, And I think he's probably using the LLC to hide money. You know, there are there are things that a, you know, I won't even say, you know, it's it's not necessarily uh, completely above board, but a a good aggressive plaintiff's lawyer is going to at least look at this stuff. And the more tight you are on your formation, on your separate bank accounts and your corporate documents like an operating agreement, which we'll talk about the the uh, better and easier it is for you to say, no, 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 I have an LLC. Uh, my assets are in the LLC and those assets are protected or my assets that are in my individual name are separate and those are protected. So, I mean, if you were looking at a case for a client and looking at another company, 
and you were going and doing your due diligence by looking how it's set up, how you know it's structured. Does that change how you would um, you know pursue that that legal uh, claim if it was set up poorly or better, or is it just get your head in the right space of how this person has set things up? Does it change your, your your game plan at all? I don't know if it changes my game plan, but it's well, it might, but it also changes just the way I think about the case. Okay. If I look at a company who's got a lawyer as a registered agent, has a principal office, and has got its articles filed. I'm thinking, okay, this is a serious business from a practical standpoint. They are, this is not somebody we're going to just be able to file and push around. You Mm -hmm. know, there's going to, they're going to, they're going to file an answer. There's going to be a lawyer involved. So those are just some, some things to, that I think about when I look at how a company's set up. That's interesting. So let's, let's pivot a little bit. Uh, LLC versus a corporation. Uh, What are the pros and cons? I know we talked about LLCs a lot, but you know, I have an S corp and that's a corporation, but what, what are the the pros and cons to each one of those? Or when should somebody be thinking of one versus the other? Sure. And just very generally, the way I talk about the, you know, the selection of either, uh, most of the time I'm recommending an LLC because of the lack of formalities that are required by Georgia law. With a corporation, there is there are more formalities that need to be followed. You need to have an annual meeting. You are required to draft bylaws, and you're required to have a board of directors. So those three things, right off the bat, are not something that you know people that own uh, a business in their you know, there's just the, they're the single shareholder. Or there's just a couple of guys running a business. They're not necessarily wanting to because that just takes time away from the business and now I will say that a lot of people set up inks and don't follow those uh, corporate formalities and that again is a red flag for potentially having an individual individual liability if you're not following corporate formalities a good plaintiff's lawyer is going to say this corporation's not real it's just the three of them you know they're using it as a sham they're uh, doing business for you know in their own individual names, not in the corporation. They don't even do annual meetings. They don't even have a board of directors. So, the a lot of the time, I'm advising clients to pick the LLC over the Inc. because there aren't those requirements. Now, on the Inc. side, the pro to a, a setting up a corporation is if you plan on scaling, if you plan on bringing in outside investors, if you plan on bringing in, you know, doing funding, staged funding, a corporation is a lot easier to maneuver in that world because you're talking about shares versus membership interests. The corporation can continue and shareholders can change. And from the uh, corporation standpoint, you also can go public eventually as an, as a corp. And obviously, most of the people that I talk to, we work with smaller companies that are starting, scaling, or selling. And most of the time, they're selling privately. Uh, so an Inc. is a, a company, a corporation that somebody might look at if their plan is to grow, to bring in, in outside investment, and then eventually potentially go public. So... Devin, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm getting all sweaty, getting a little nervous here. I'm thinking about starting a business and I'm like, holy smokes. 
Uh, as we wrap up here, because we've got just a few seconds left, I mean, kind of tied up in a nice, neat little bow. If I'm if I've got an idea and I'm thinking about doing something, it, it, it would seem to me it's probably not that difficult to start small. You know, maybe maybe an LLC or an LLP is the right way to go. And then if things get bigger and you've got capital formation needs where that doesn't necessarily work, you can then always move over to an, a corporation if you need to, right? That's right. You can convert an LLC to a corporation. Oh, didn't even know you could convert. So are there any other tidbits or tips as we wrap up here in our remaining few seconds uh, that you would offer to people? So, and how yeah, might we, they get in touch with you? Yeah, so we did get a little in the weeds about uh, the formalities of corporations and the lack thereof in LLCs, but basically the important thing is what we talked about at the beginning is liability protection. You want to have some form of corporate entity that is separate from you personally to run your business. Whether that's an LLC, whether that's a corporation, those two are options. And you should speak to an attorney like me to decide what's the best of the two or if it's a partnership, which we didn't really talk about here. But my um, the way that you would get in touch with me is you could email me at dphillips, D-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S, at WNPLLP.com, or give us a call at 770-392-9004. Devin, that's awesome. I've actually learned, I think, more in this podcast than any of the other podcasts Maybe because it's just me and Jay normally. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, what's there to learn? But uh, uh, that was very helpful. I will put your contact information on the episode where, you know, where we talk about what we discussed here today. But I appreciate that. Thank you for coming in today. I at least learned a lot. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Stacks of Cash podcast. Again, please share with your friends, family, and even those people you don't like. Until next time, uh, we look forward to seeing you. Bye-bye. The information in our podcast are the opinions and viewpoints of the moderators and guests only. For information and disclosures regarding Monterey Wealth and its professionals, please go to www.montereywealth.com and select the firm disclosures link under the about tab.